All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 20 of the You Should Fact Check This podcast, and we've got another guest. He's our second guest, third guest appearance, but second guest, and it's Austin Dennis. Hello. I wish I had like a, a clapping sound effect, <laughs> but I don't. That's pretty good. Um, Austin and I went to school together for a little while, um, for a long while, actually. Yeah. Quite a bit. For quite a while. Um, and we didn't really become friends at all, I think, until really after college. I mean, after high school. Yeah, probably. Maybe senior year a little yeah, bit. Yeah, senior year maybe. And then after. Um, and then obviously Peter is Peter. I'm doing it. Um, so, first things first. Peter, do you have a bold take of the day? Stairs suck. That's one of the worst bold takes of the day I've ever heard. Every, That's a crazy every, take. Everything should be escalators. Everything should be escalators. <laughs> why do, why do sk- stairs suck, Peter? They're just, no matter, like, I swear, like, regardless of how you're feeling, stairs are so hard. Like, climbing up a flight of stairs could be one of the hardest tasks of the day. I mean, like, that's, have you ever, it's have upsetting you ever to a, say, but I agree. Have you ever gone up a right? flight of stairs and you haven't been absolutely winded? It is a weird thing where no matter what, no matter, you can be in great running shape, but if you're going up a flight of stairs, absolutely once you get gassed. to the top, you're just like, fuck this. Or even when, when you're looking at them. Are you a stair friend? Are you a f- I, stair lover? <laughs> I don't mind stairs to be <laughs> brutally honest. We Maybe have, I have a low body weight and that helps. Yeah, dude. He's a feather. Um, feather weight. But what, what prompted that, Peter? I got done with a run and I had to come upstairs. And I was that sucks. more tired after coming up the stairs than I was at the end of my run. Yeah. No, I feel that. We did. Me and, me and Brendan um, were getting him ready for Brendan college. Brendan and I. I literally don't care. Um, we're getting re- him ready for uh, college soccer, and we went and did hill sprints. Um, there's that, whatever. It's a giant concrete slope, and uh, I vomited, but I had Ooh. nothing inside, so nice. it was just dry heaving. That's fun. And it was so painful, and I, I think that there's something about hills that will make you work harder. Do you think that? Yeah, like you have to get to the top. Like if you're running, if you're running on flat ground, you can slow down, and it gets better. But if you're running up a a steep hill, yeah, and you slow down, it just takes longer, and it still sucks. (laughs) Like it's still just as bad. Yeah. And so it was. We both vomited. Oh. Yeah. And it was family bonding. Yeah, it was a a lovely day. It was a lovely, lovely day. Um, Terrible. Okay, Austin, do you have a bull take of the day? This is something that we sometimes do. Oh. Um, We we ask all of our guests, guest guests, whatever, except for our first guest who was Mm -hmm. on here twice. We didn't ask him, so we don't normally ask our guests. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, bold take. Um, Fifty percent. Devin never has one either, so... I almost never have one either. It's just kind of a... 
just just a to, Peter thing. Just to pick your brain right from the beginning. I think I have pretty standard opinions on everything. <laughs> I, I think I'm generally correct, and no one would consider anything I say bold. No, but you... <laughs> I think that you have a, a level of, like, in-depth knowledge on a lot of topics that most people don't. Like, you're you're very read on a lot on topics, um, especially for someone your age. Thank you. That I don't would, know if I agree, but thank you. <laughs> I agree. I agree with myself. Um, but I think that that would give you more bolder takes because you can actually understand things at a deeper level. Not saying that you have to come up with one, but I'm saying that you definitely have some bold takes. You have okay. to come up with one. I'll, I'll uh, let it simmer. You're going to simmer? Yeah. Okay. I'll come back at the end with an insanely bold take. <laughs> Impact font. Okay. Um <clears throat> Um, I, I honestly, if I'm going to be honest here, I panicked when we started and I didn't know what to stay, what, what to say. So I went to bold takes because it was kind of a fallback. Um, and I don't have Cheating. any, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't have any bold takes except, um, you literally think, Googled it and you still don't have a bold take. I didn't Google anything. I'm looking at my screen. Um, we, we are starting to see, do you guys know the book 1984? Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. We're we'll starting to that. see that in China to a level that wasn't there, right? Like obviously China has a lot of control over what they tell their people, yeah. which is obviously a start. Um, but they've actually started to get rid of past things within China. So um, Hong Kong is actually a new Hong Kong textbooks will claim city never was a British colony. So they're starting Devin to rarely has a bold take, but when he has a bold take, it's all about like the world coming to an end or conspiracies <laughs> or nuclear war or some like ah, oh, we're gonna go into back to a great depression or stuff like that. It's pretty entertaining. Isn't that what a bold take is fucking for? No, it's for letting everyone know that stairs fucking suck. No, I think you just suck at bold takes. I always have a bold take. You don't always, dude. Your bold takes are that oranges are hard to peel. <laughs> That's a terrible bold take. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. No one like no one disagrees with that. I think everyone agrees that oranges are harder than they should be to peel. I was just bringing it I kind of like the challenge. Tough. Maybe that's a bold take. <laughs> the challenge of of peeling, yeah. I like attacking an orange. <laughs> Finding the new layers to it. I like to slice it in four actually. I don't usually peel. That's weird. I'm a slices kind of guy. But you could, you have to have a sharp knife to do that. Because yeah. if you have a dull one, then you're just squishing it. I guess my knives are sharp enough. I don't know what to tell you. Hmm. I just... I don't know. Peeling it gets... Repetitive? Yeah, and you, you get too much of that white shit on the edges. You know? <laughs> yeah. If you cut it and then, like, rip the slice part out with your teeth you get the ideal 
eating experience. Who the hell taught you how to eat an orange? Well, that is an interesting. You guys way. not eat slices? I mean, we. I I ate sliced oranges at sporting events when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I eat oranges all the time. Like, I mean, that's that's an so like homage an to your almost. childhood. I mean, sort of. I don't know. Huh? You know, there's those like crescent shaped pieces inside the orange. Yeah, I'm still yeah. eating that. Right. I'm just accessing it in a different manner. I'm not like. But you're an eating animal. it like a watermelon. Well, you're kind of like grabbing the edge of one of the slices with your teeth and ripping that out. That's that's why I like it. It feels more like barbaric. Yeah, I'm connecting so with feeling it. Yeah, no, it doesn't because you have to cut it first. Yeah, which is in touch with my technological ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like feeling, dude. I just want to watch. I want to watch an animal that like really fucks up oranges and see how they do it. You know what I mean? Like, is there yeah. like, it, like, I bet they use on. knives. <laughs> like monkeys eat bananas. Like it's nobody's business. Yeah. And they rip them from the bottom or the, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Which is crazy to watch. And they do it so fast. Is there yeah, an animal doing that, that actually is there? I know it's so much easier. Yeah. Is there an animal that eats oranges like that? I kind of doubt it. I've seen uh, that would be a case study because I've seen like macaque. What, what the fuck? Macaws. Macaque. 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 <laughs> I've seen macaque like fucking busting them open and going nuts. You know, in like southern Spain, I know they they've got those you, little monkeys. You and see macaques busting it open. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Common occurrence. That's good. No, it was great. Going Granada style. Yeah. I don't know if they have oranges. They probably do. You know what? I got a bold take. Okay. Bananas are mid. Oh, what the? F I mean, these what are just the mean? worst bold takes. What does bananas that mean? Is just bananas are suck. mid. Yeah. Yeah. Austin's in touch with like the new like phrases of the day. Like me and Peter, me and you were like old people at this point. Well, yeah. What does mid um, mean? The only reason like, I know what mid means is because I was coaching a bunch of 19-year-olds. <laughs> and they came to training, and they're like, that's mid. And I was like... What does that mean? What, I mean, just let, let's let them try and figure it out. Yeah. What do you think mid means? I don't care. Okay, mid, you can't like in the ask middle, the question in the and it then... Make, it would yep. make sense if it meant in the middle. Yeah. Like, eh, yep. they're all right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it means. Yeah. That's stupid. It's it's actually just Poor grammar, but it's just like a it's just slang. It just shortens conversations. Albuquerque, weird. Okay, well you just said Albuquerque, and it's not <laughs> Albuquerque. Albuquerque. There you go. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I don't think mid is Albuquerque slang. No, it's it's, it's national. It hasn't Peter, made it up to Montana. You, yet. yeah, you, that's because you live in Montana, dude. <laughs> you live, you yet. live with the upper echelon of people in the entire world. What? Upper echelon? What does that mean? Like the most, like the richest people in the entire world. Lots of them are concentrated in Montana. Especially, they all, they especially own shit there. They, they never live there. That's yeah. true. They they own ranches there, especially after watching freaking Yellowstone. Yeah, they don't actually. Live. I read an article the other day 
about how after Yellowstone aired, there was an influx of billionaires who wanted to buy land in Montana. At risk of sounding like Peter, is Yellowstone like a documentary or something? No, shit? it's no, it's a it's a TV show. How is that at risk of sounding <laughs> like me? I don't sound stupid. <laughs> what was that, Peter? Nothing. <laughs> um, I'm just saying I'm not up to date. Yeah, no, it's I haven't seen it. It, it. Apparently, it's really good, but it's it's like a I don't even know what it's about, but it's based in Montana. Oh, it's like Game wait. of Thrones except Western. I yeah, mean, I kind of remember now no. that you say that. Some like people killing people. Are you saying Someone it's does. game and have you seen it, Peter? No. Or are you saying that just because it's a TV show that people like? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> one. No, I get what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anything right. that anyone likes is like what did you even say? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, but a but different Western. genre. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a fictional uh, universe in Western times. Game of Thrones, fictional universe in medieval times. Easy. Apparently, it's really good. I haven't seen it. I'll have to. I would like to watch it, but it's on. Dude, there's too many goddamn streaming services now. Yeah. That's. That could be a bold take. There you go. I don't know if that's very bold. Are <laughs> you think, kidding me? I think people would generally agree. I think people would generally agree that bananas are mid. Think? Stop yeah. saying mid. Well, I'm just using his. Okay, I'm saying bananas kind of suck. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. You're not, just not about potassium? They're just not good. No, see, that's the thing. is They don't even have that much potassium. <laughs> like, eat a fucking almond. That's <laughs> just... I don't. I think almonds have potassium. I don't even know. Peter, do almonds have potassium? I don't know. Come on, you're supposed to be the nutritionist on this podcast. Still don't know. Okay, well, I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on Hong Kong textbooks claiming that it was never a British colony. I think this is a shocking twist of events that China would try and cover up some sort of historical issue in their country um what is the historical issue in in that relation do you know what do you mean just like in general like what is china covered up no i mean like in this context like do they just not want to say that the britain that the british were ever part of china well i mean yeah i don't know for sure but my guess would just be like eliminating any sort of sense that the West is powerful at all from the Chinese psyche, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. I think that's very true. Peter, what what do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's just another control mechanism. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, it's very interesting sitting here. But, right? Yeah. What? Oh, I mean, I, but you could. It's, you really want to get deep right now? Peter, that's what the fucking podcast is about. You could say we try to do the same thing as America. Of course we do. But now that's a steaming hot take. (laughs) No one would agree with that. Well, Uh, I think one of the steaming hot takes, if you if you guys want to talk about hot takes, is like, have you guys heard about Julian Assange being extradited back to the U.S.? Yeah, that that is. Julian Assange is 
someone who was part of exposing the U.S. for war crimes, for just atrocities really across the world um, in 2013 or 2012, something like that. He's been in... He's the WikiLeaks guy. Yeah, he's a WikiLeaks... Um, Australian and, guy. Right? And he found asylum at uh, like a Colombian or something. Ecuador. Ecuadorian. Um, what are they called? Embassy. Embassy in Britain for eight years. And then the regime changed in... Uh, whatever. The new big man had previously been embarrassed by him and he yeah. said... No more of that. Yeah, exactly. Take that guy out of there. And so Britain came in and arrested him, and now they're extraditing him back or to the U.S. When he's he's not even from the U.S. He's from Australia, but um, for revealing war crimes that we committed in the Middle East, right? Basically, exactly. And it's one of the most interesting things because the U.S. is supposed to be about freedom of speech, freedom of press, and this is something where if if you actually that's a joke (laughs) right the u.s being about freedom of speech and freedom of press is like right Eh. yeah i mean to the extent that we can say whatever the fuck we want right here yeah right like if we had any listeners (laughs) no but even to that extent if we had a hundred thousand subscribers we could still say whatever the fuck we want the government wasn't isn't gonna like shut us down for no. Saying that. That's true. So we do have more freedoms than some people, but to I mean, they're trying to lock Julian Assange up for like hundred and thirty years for publishing info. Which like if Which which is like literally and they're not even in a lot of these cases, they're saying that it was the means by which he got the information, which is supposed to be protected. Well, and also I know he got in trouble because he like solicited Chelsea Manning to steal all this classified information well and then the u.s and they forced him to give up um his source which is supposed to be illegal you're not supposed to have to like you can't ask for the sources because laws don't matter in this realm (laughs) no i understand but that's that's when like we whatever we were talking about the the ideals that we believe are just so far away from what they actually can be well the woman who stole the information got like six years in jail for espionage yeah and so basically we're saying that we're gonna lock someone up for stealing information and giving it to some source that's going or uh like a distributor right um and that's worth like six years in jail and then doing the actual publishing is worth 130 years in jail which would then mean that like every major news organization and major journalist like should be locked up for the rest of their lives. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And that's ridiculous. Yeah. I was reading, um, this Glenn Greenwald. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a, he's a private journalist. Um, he's on, he just does a sub stack so that he can do his own stuff. But Brazil tried to do similar things that they were doing to Julian Assange to him because they were setting this precedent, he actually won in their in the court and didn't, you know, get arrested. But it's it. We have these ideals about yeah. what we're allowed to do in the U.S. and to the extent 
that it doesn't affect the government or important people, it's true. Yeah. Right. But as soon as you start changing the narratives, um, start affecting people in power, then your rights don't mean a, sh a fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whistleblower laws only count when, you know, the CIA is not involved. Right. <laughs> because, you know, they, they always are saying that it's in the best interest of the country. And, and it's, it's an, it's an awkward area because there are like, there's the, there's a difference between being like an authoritarian regime and just says like, fuck this, like this set of people, I'm going to kill them. Right. Or I'm going to move them or whatever it is yeah. and saying like, we're trying to set up things for the nation or for the globe and these people are standing in the way, right? Yeah. It gets into tricky waters because you're like, like, how do you weigh this? Like, are we weighing the the many over the few, or do you bring in the lives of the few to hurt many, right? Yeah. But I think even then, I haven't looked into all the information. I haven't read all of Julian Assange's papers, but I'm sure that there was some stuff in there that didn't have to happen. Yeah. But I mean, look at Edward Snowden, right? As well, you know, like if there if there was a single person that was harmed by the info that he leaked, the government or the CIA would be parading that shit around, trying to so, show how much of a traitor he is. Like it's obvious that what he released to the public was measured, and he was careful not to endanger anyone for right you know, no reason. And it seems like they are. They just get upset um, that they were maybe undermined, right? Like these people that are in power um, feel undermined and feel, <laughs> they feel like they want to make other people feel, yeah. essentially. And they're like, I can't let that happen. And then they go after them relentlessly. Yeah. And I was, I was also reading um, part of Glenn Greenwald's thing, and he was saying that, you know, a lot of people were expecting Biden and their administration to come in and because they were talking freedom of speech, freedom of press prior yeah. to the election, they were hoping that he was going to come in and they were going to, he was going to, you know, pardon yeah. Julian Assange. Um, and then you learn that a lot of the stuff that he found was really damning to Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, well, that's Trump and his whole organization loved WikiLeaks when they were releasing Hillary's emails. Right. But then the second that they start looking bad, they start chasing him down. You know, like Obama kind of like let sleeping dogs lie. And then, you know, this, all the Hillary stuff starts coming out. And, you know, Donald Trump says like, I love WikiLeaks. And then, you know, behind closed doors a few years later, it's go get that guy. You know, he's telling everyone about all these bad things that we've done. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's so, like, it, it seems, it kind of puts everybody into a place where you're like, well, what the fuck is the point of becoming anything, right? Because yeah. if you look at most, like, especially in the political realm, if you look at any of those people, you're like, all of them are fucked, right? Yeah. You they, can't get there without being they all suck. willing to do some unsavory right. things. 
which is so upsetting. Like, why can't we have someone that's just got good character and wants to help? It's like the Australian gun control problem where that guy basically had to commit closer. Yeah. The guy basically had to commit political suicide in order to get like gun control passed. Really? What happened? They had a bunch of mass shootings and uh, basically passed laws to make sure that everyone has to get uh, like background checks and you have to have a reason to didn't buy they a firearm and take all, all of the guns um there oh, was New like Zealand. oh yeah there was like mandatory this was a while ago right. in australia and i think if i remember right they uh basically had a thing where you could like turn in your guns um and they'll pay you for them. and they yeah they pay you back for them right but their like version of whatever the nra or whatever of australia I know it was like pushing back pretty hard. Um, so yeah, basically I know the prime minister or whatever they have there. Um, instead of saying like, okay, all the states figure this out, he's tackled it on a federal level and acknowledged that this is like not good for his political career and it just is like something that needed to change. So he did it. Right. Like we don't, we will never, I'm like, with the way things are now, yeah. <laughs> we'll never have a president that will do something that's not in their best interest, but is in the best interest of the country. Yeah. Right? Because uh, their ego, I don't know what the fuck it is, the the political party not letting them. Like, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you can't really end up on the ballot if you're not willing to bend to the will, you know? Right. Which is... Like it's, I think that the, to the extent that people actually understand our political system is so small. Like I have no idea. I don't understand it that well. No. Like how do, like how do they, like I barely understand how they choose the people that get to run. Yeah. Is that primaries? Yeah. Apparently the primaries are only voted on by like. Not even like a fiftieth of the population. It's not very many people that vote in the primaries. I've heard that, um, and also they have a lot of power, just like as a organization, on who they'll support. You know, like if like Bernie Sanders had pretty good support from the general population, but the DNC did a pretty good job of shitting on him, and propping Hillary up, you know? You know what I think is fucking hilarious is Bernie Sanders had an endorsement from Joe Rogan. Yeah. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Joe Rogan said multiple times that he would endorse Bernie Sanders as president. Mm -hmm. And then the Democratic Party said that Bernie Sanders had to go against Joe Rogan and denounce his acceptance or, or his you know, pull for him. What, what the fuck were they thinking? Why, why would they do that? The DNC seems really incompetent whenever I see them pop up in the news. I mean, I think that's kind of part of the whole shtick, you know, they don't want to try and support what people want, you know, like 
I mean, it doesn't even make sense because Bernie Sanders is not somebody I don't I don't think I don't think he's somebody that most people would want. Um, to the extent that he has like kind of socialist views, right? Which a majority of the population might like because they want the government to control a lot of their life because they don't want to have to think about it. Um, but in the U.S., a lot of people. You know, there's it's probably almost 50-50 in terms of people who just want the government to, like, protect them and then the people that want to be able to protect themselves, right? But um, it seems like that would be somebody that they would want to bring in mm-hmm. because, like, y- he would want more control out of the government. Um, and that seems like where their party is aligning currently. Yeah, I think uh, generally, like, political establishments are not really concerned with what the people want. So I think right, which know, is- they're, they're kind of, there's like a political class, and they're much more uh, voting in the interests of their like, fellow politicians, you know. And then there's the whole lobbying problem and everything. Oh, that's, I mean, those, the lobbying and then also people within like senators and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. being able to like participate in the stock market to the extent that they are. Yeah. It's laughable. It's really ridiculous (laughs) and would not be the case if, you know, the people were actually in control, you know? Right. Like the average person definitely does not think that people who are in charge of policy and know about basically have like insider info should be allowed to trade on the stock market. Right. You know, and be allowed to be, it's ridiculous that you can be like a consultant for a big corporation (laughs) and and you talk to them for like 30 minutes once a year and they pay you like 500 grand or something as a salary. And it's just like expected that you'll vote in their interests. Like it's it's bribery out in the open, but we can't. But it's legal. Yeah, it's like written into what they're allowed to do. And the people who can stop it are the ones that are getting paid. <laughs> so yeah, it's not really like the extent that you have to forego, and it's not just you, right? You have to convince yeah. everybody to forego what's good for them. Yeah, for the interest of the people mm-hmm. is something that's nearly impossible. Yeah. Yeah. One person can't really change culture. Usually, you know, like that restaurant that tried to do away with tipping. It's like well, having that, a little microculture to try and move towards one direction doesn't really work. And like, you have to get a massive amount of people. Yeah. You can't have one Senator. That's, you know, voting in the interests of the people versus the world. And unfortunately, I think we do because you look at some of these these votes and you're like, okay, who are the 14 people that voted against this out of the 300? Right. Maybe those people are the the 14 people that got here because they really care about the people and want to make this. And then they get there and they're like, we're fucked. Yeah. Right. They're definitely in the minority. There's really no arguing about that one. (laughs) Um, 
Well, on this topic, Twitter, on the free speech kind of topic, Twitter unanimous, unanimously accepted Elon's offer to buy Twitter after the stock has dropped 38% since his offer. Jeez. So all of them would be making, except for, <laughs> the funny part is, the board that runs Twitter mm-hmm. has almost zero stake in Twitter. So they're not even going to make any money because they don't own it. They don't have any actual ownership in Twitter. But for all the people that are going to get oh. bought out, they're going to make a lot more money in the foreseeable future because he's paying 38% over what it's at. Yeah. Um, but huh. what are your thoughts on Elon and Peter? What's your thoughts as well? Buying Twitter with the idea that it's, he wants to create a free speech mechanism for the people, right? Yeah. Because like we, like I said, we have free speech to the extent that we do. Like, yeah, no one gives a fuck what we say. We have like individual free speech for most of the population. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So like, gonna make twitter way less entertaining do you think so yeah why because there's gonna take out all like the uh like the i don't know what the fuck was it there? um like the 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 you're gonna take out all the agendas so like you're only gonna get like the you're not gonna get an agenda pushed down your throat on your twitter feed no, well, I think that that's not true. I think you'll get equal agendas from both sides. You think? Yeah. So, like, his no. whole thing is. I think you'll just get. We sh- you stuff. should have. If you have, matter. if you have, the the ten percent on each side that you hate listening to, on the platform, then you're you've got a free speech platform, right? Because you're able to hear views that you don't like from both sides. I mean, you can technically do that now, though. Right, but have you, did you know like, there's like a setting in your Twitter feed, in like the top right corner? Yeah, where you can actually change whether it's like, the algorithm or it's just in yeah chronological order. Mm. Yeah, they just that they added that two after, weeks ago. Right, it's because they added it after Elon offered to buy. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. very interesting because my Twitter feed completely changed. Oh, it's way different. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest problems that is still under consideration is the bot problem because Elon seems to think that there's some like 20% of all their users are bots somewhere around 20% Mm -hmm. and Twitter is saying that it's 5% and they can't come to agreement on that. That's like 13 from my experience. (laughs) From our, from our large following experience, my market research. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably, I ran the numbers. And Elon seems to think that he can actually get rid of all the bots. No shot. Yeah. Fat chance. <laughs> Fat chance? <laughs> Does that mean he has a good chance? No. No? No. Why he not? might be able to reduce it. He's not going to get rid of bots. Yeah. I mean, you can't get rid of bots to the extent that there's not a single bot. Yeah. That's like trying to get rid of COVID. You could cut him in half. That'd be a good... That'd be a good step in the right direction. The problem is that 
and yeah, the, this the whole free speech thing is pretty nuanced, especially with platforms like Twitter, because the ability to manipulate what people see and not necessarily by Twitter, but like Russian bots trying to sow discord in the United States. Like that's not that hard to do on a platform like Twitter. Right. You know, like you, you can play the game and like as much as we'd like to believe the, you know, marketplace of ideas will weed out the bad ones. It's pretty evident that that doesn't always happen. Yeah. You know, and I think the problem is we have too many stupid people. And we're just, we're just not built. And that's including me. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, it's including all of us. Like we're, we're not rational in the way that like, if we were actually rational, then maybe the free marketplace of ideas would work, but that's just not going to happen. Well, I think it's also part of the evolution of technology in its current place is happening so much faster than the, than our ability to evolve to understand it. Yeah. Right. So like a hundred years ago, the only people that you could get influence from were the 10 people that lived around you. Like, Mm -hmm. right. In a, in a, in your farm area, right? Yeah. There were very few like large cities. Um, so you're not, you're not getting this huge influx of ideas. And when there's 10 people around you that you're getting ideas from, the, the chances that what they're telling you is true is pretty high. Because most of the time, like what you're talking about is... Like farming techniques. Yeah. Right? Or... Well, and the stakes are low. Right. Like, well, maybe not. But the stakes as a, you know, what you do doesn't affect the global population if you're a medieval peasant. Right, but you don't have Depends to... That's how much they import and export their agriculture. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I got so lost. <laughs> Uh, no, but like a perfect example of what you're talking about is flat earthers. Like, do you think flat earth movement would be anything without the internet? There's no fucking shot. There were a couple loonies in every, yeah. you know, big city that might be telling you that the earth is the center of the universe and that the earth is flat. All these random crazy ideas. Right. Which is exactly what I'm saying. Right. So if you have 10 people. If you're living around 10 people and you've got one person that's like, dude, yeah. this earth is fucking flat. And there's... I mean, it is. <laughs> and, and there's probes <laughs> and they're in you right now, yeah. right? And then everyone else, the other n- nine people, eight people are like, that guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, that guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? When you're looking online, it, there is no obvious understanding and there's so many crazy and who is not yeah there's enough people that you know if you see 10,000 people in a Facebook group telling you that the earth is flat and they all agree that's enough like no one in the past 
knew 10,000 people. So 10,000 yeah. people is more than enough to make you believe that, you know, you guys are on the right path. And also it's really easy to fool people. Dude, my so favorite, like, <laughs> I, I just watched a video the other day uh, of a flat earther <laughs> proving that the earth is round with like a scientific yeah. way of doing Pull it. it I've seen a lot of those. Pull it up. Okay. Pull it you up. guys continue and I'll, I'll find it. Continue with what? I mean, communication, right? Like, this is a podcast. We want to talk. We don't want droves of silence. I mean, honestly, the the Earth is flat. Argue him. I don't even know how to respond <laughs> to that. <laughs> yes, I agree. I think the Earth is flat. I think the Earth is the center of the universe. I think the reason that we're able to stand on the ground is because everything is sucked towards the middle of the universe, which is on the Earth. Um, Wouldn't that be crazy, though, if, like... What? Because, like, like, we did, we did, like, accept all of, like, Newton's gravitational theories and, like, stuff like that and, like, forces of law and, like, all that stuff. Wouldn't it be crazy if, like, new science came out, science came out, and, like, they're like, yo, the Earth is actually flat and, like, what would happen? Wouldn't that be crazy? I think it'd be crazy. That would be crazy. Well, what you're getting at is why this happens, Right. Because people want to be a part of something that that is different. That they is want the new. forbidden knowledge, right? Yeah. They want to be they want to be the f- one of the first in in a group of people that understand something new, mm-hmm. um, which maybe is due to the fact that a lot of the the smartest and most brilliant people of the past were like ostracized. Mm-hmm. And now you can see that and be like, well, maybe they're just ostracized like Einstein was or like uh, yeah. whatever uh, Tesla was because their ideas are too far out there. Yeah. Uh, and for our understanding. You have to wait for the old people to die off, you know, because like like when Einstein came out with. Uh, what was it? Special relativity, maybe just general relativity. I think just general. Well, it was special was first and then general was later. But I, I I can't remember the whole timeline. Yeah, but I, good way to name it. People were not very receptive to his ideas that were like further along in their career because, I mean, you can empathize if someone has been working in the realm of Newtonian physics for 25, 30 years, and they believe that. It's like almost an insult to you to say that that's wrong. You know, like they don't want to believe some completely different way of seeing physics because they are a physicist and they've spent their entire career you know working in this one direction yeah and so you have to wait for those old people to die off for the general consensus to really catch up with the bleeding edge yeah and I think it's because like we have so much we tie so much emotion to ideas that should that should be concrete, mm-hmm. right? Like if if we're working on, say you put a thousand, ten thousand hours into physics, right? And you've got an understanding that you believe is true about 
how the world works. Yeah. And then someone else comes along who has also put in 10,000 hours and they have a different understanding. You're so attached to your understanding of it because you've been working on it. It's your life's in work. In the way, in that way for so long. Yeah. And you you have to, like the, the greatest people, like re really like in, in pretty much all contexts, the greatest people that you'll interact with are the ones that are willing to like say, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. Your idea makes more sense. Or at least let me hear your idea out fully. Yeah. Try and do the math. See if I can figure it out. And that's how we really progress. And mm. that's that's true. And to the extent that you're talking about is the old people die off. The new ones look to the past mm -hmm. to see which ones make most sense to them. And then they build off of those. Yeah. So when something like when Einstein's makes more sense, it can that one gets built off of mm -hmm. and then the other one dies off yeah um but then we st we're going to continue having those divergence of ideas yeah until one is accepted by the youngers who are looking back to the past yeah that was that was fun <laughs> all right let's see let's see if i can share this video i don't know if you're going to get the sound peter but we'll we're going to try That's stupid. Okay, can you see it? I can see it. I can hear it. Nice. Oh, I watched this documentary. Of a backup experiment. You're seeing through this hole, through the next hole, and seeing the light at the backboard or 17 feet off the water. The earth is flat. If he's holding it up at 23 feet high and we're seeing the light, well, that's because the earth's curved. So I, I should only be able to see it when it's at 17 feet. Okay, go ahead and drive down there, Enrique. You're going to hold the light there. Enrique, how high is your light? 17 feet. I mean, I, you know, it's his... Um, <laughs> there's, we don't see you, Enrique. Lift up your, lift up your light uh, way above your head. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. I love that's pretty funny. The the, the immediate well, mm, um well that's this is interesting. Like yeah. trying to figure out a way yeah to say that I haven't it, been wrong this whole time. Right. Yeah. Or like I not mean, even his life just, was his like, life was just changed. Like trying he like he didn't Imagine want to going your whole life thinking it's flat and then you do some stupid science science experiment on TV and you end up thinking uh, or knowing that it's curved now and well, your whole life's shattered. Let me tell you one thing. That was like the best reaction that you could get out yeah. of somebody who you think is crazy. That guy changed his mind, if I remember right, in that documentary. Like he was like, shit, I guess they're right. Let me tell you one thing. If I had gone deep into flat earth, right, mm -hmm. and I came up with this experiment and I full heartedly believed that the earth was flat and then found out through, I would be a disaster. <laughs> I would have been the biggest asshole. I would have, dude, that, that, that camera would have been destroyed immediately. Right? <laughs> I would have pissed myself on TV. Like that would have been, that, it would have made for a fantastic television. 
because I would have lost my shit. Yeah. But I, I admire that man for his reaction to something that like, maybe it was a, a like a play, right? Where he's, yeah. he didn't really believe that the world was flat because it's hard for me to imagine someone who everyone else thinks is crazy for saying the world is flat reacting like that. Yeah. I think it might just say that he was really trying to figure out whether the earth was flat. Yeah. Like and he was earnest with his, they're fun ideas. Like it's a, it's an interesting idea to be like, well, if the earth is flat, how does gravity work? Right. Yeah. Because if we talk about gravity in this way of the way it bends space and that's how things fall towards the center. Yeah. If you have a flat object, that doesn't really work Mm-mm. because the center is going to be the center of the flat object. And then gravity is going to be from the outside is going to be pulling towards the center. Yeah. Right. So it kind of gets, I mean, it's pretty quick that things get fucking weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'd have to have like a magnet on the bottom of the earth. Right. basically. <laughs> and then the, there's also a giant community right now, apparently that believes that space isn't real. Wow. They just believe that we're in a giant dome. Oh yeah, we are. I have heard about that. Truman Show. I mean, it would be. That is something where you're. I mean, for me, I would be like, we're in a dome. Like if that came out, I would be like, how? What the fuck? Like where? Yeah. Like is it ju- is it the whole world or does it just like move with me? Like, how does that work? Because it's so big. Uh, yeah, like, a, are you just, like, rendering right, exactly. a mile on, in each direction? <laughs> yeah. Then you go in a plane and you have to, like... Yeah, it just... Well, it's it's <laughs> just like, like when you go in a plane, the graphics get worse. Yeah. So the rendering isn't as good. You don't have to... It doesn't have to render yeah, as good. You can render more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can expand. Yeah. But when you're close up, we have to render more. So everything... Like, like, when I'm looking at you, everything else falls off. Like, yeah. I can't fucking really see everything else. It's like Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's looking to see if the earth is round. That's wild to even think about. Stuff that you're not seeing behind. Oh, I can see it in the mirror, though. We're good. <laughs> is it? Try and catch the render. <laughs> be wild. It would be, I mean, I, I sympathize with those people because it's fun to think about. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just the deeper you go the more it's like okay there's really not much of a chance that you know all of this established science is wrong you know if you look at like i think the way that they proved relativity versus newtonian physics was like they basically had a a solar eclipse and uh the way that light was bending due to uh the bend in space time right predicted where a certain star would be um, because the light was distorted by the sun. Right. And Newtonian physics also said it would be deflected, but to a lesser extent. And so then you look at that and it lines up with Einstein's math. Then you really can't argue for Newton's theory anymore because it's not like you can go and into the future make a theory that has the accurate 
prediction and then go back and tell everyone about it. You know, like if you make a prediction and then it comes true that we know of. and the standard model doesn't work, it's pretty hard to argue for the one that was wrong. Well, the uh, yes, right? When you look at the information. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. We're, we're in a place where <clears throat> I go through Twitter and I read and I could see something about Newtonian physics mm -hmm. and think that that is... That is what we're working off of. Yeah. Right? Because I haven't looked in depth enough to see that Newtonian physics got disproven. Yeah. And it's Einstein's theory. Well, see, that's the crazy thing is there's not much you can do unless you're a PhD physicist <laughs> to prove that Newtonian physics is not how the universe works. You know? like right, if, because if you want to prove that to yourself in front of your own eyes... You can't do that. Right, because everything, it's there, It's so minuscule, the difference, yeah. that everything that you interact with on a daily basis is still proven by Newtonian physics. Yeah. Yeah, if you calculate where a ball is going to go when you throw it with Newtonian physics, it's going to be right every <laughs> time. So, like, yeah. Isn't that a, I mean, that's upsetting. Yeah. Really cool that we can have two totally different ideas. Mm-hmm that get you to so close to the same point yeah. that it's crazy. Like you have to have light years of a difference to see the difference in yeah. the theories. Yeah, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny difference and it's you know barely appreciable without super, super sensitive instrumentation. Yeah. And I guess the warping of space time with satellites also proves it pretty easily. If you didn't adjust for curvature, then GPS would stop working after like a day. Right. But that is something that no one thinks about. Yeah. Your average <laughs> Joe is not going to be able to figure that out. Right. No one, like <laughs> everyone picks up their phone and they're like, well, I got to go to the supermarket. Yeah. Where's the closest supermarket? Yeah. And then they, that's, it's just there. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy because not even 10 years ago, that wasn't. I guess well, it's been a little bit longer than 10 years now, but 15 years ago, that's not even part of the yeah. conversation, really. Yeah, when we were in middle school, it was like crazy that you could just buy a Garmin and put it in your car and then like enter an address and it'd tell you where to drive. You know, like, and now it's just... I didn't know that you could do that. Really? Yeah. I didn't know Garmin was like first on the scene with that. Yeah, they stuck on your windshield. Yeah, I, I don't know if Garmin was the first, but they were definitely one of the biggest GPS people. Let me tell you, GPS because you lived in Montana, that's why you knew that. <laughs> My, We had a Garmin. I'm sure. We had, to, we had to upload from Google Maps where we were going to go and put it in the Garmin. <clears throat> it's amazing how how quick, because if we're talking like middle school, right? Mm -hmm. So what years was that for us? 16 years ago. What? 12 years ago. Um, whatever. But 10 to 12 the, years ago. The quickness and the, the longevity that Google has had. Oh, yeah. Is absurd. Yeah. And the control that they have over what you are looking at. Yeah. Well, that's Google search has kind of gone to shit lately. Really? Yeah. I don't Just like, I don't I, know if you've not. I use Brave browser. Oh, okay. And they, I know they Brave use. sucks. It doesn't, actually. 
Some the, it's it's the, a the it's search a, does. Sometimes it's funky. The search sucks. Why does the search suck? Because it's not Google, and I'm used to Google. Right. So the the thing with Google is they they've figured out this ranking system mm-hmm. that works, and everyone's gotten really used to the ranking system. Yeah. However, their ranking system is can be super biased based on what you're looking for, um, and it can really suppress differing ideas because they have extreme control over and how that works. People have figured out how to play the game. Yeah. You know, like if you're building, there's a whole industry search engine optimization. Yes, SEO, yeah. So like, yeah, if you... But even even to that extent, like if, there, if there's a website, because they can blacklist you. Yeah. And they, have you heard about what, what they did in 2012? Mm. So in 2012, and there's a weird coincidence that makes it seem like it's not an accident. Right, this but in 2012, the third time he's told this on the second time episodes. Um, <laughs> in 2012, they blacklisted the entire internet. So there was a 45 minute period where you couldn't find and you couldn't look up anything. Wow. And the 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 only then they came out and said it was a glitch. We didn't like mean to, and no matter what browser you used, like if you used like Firefox or something else. Because they use all of Google's information yeah. to figure out what's good, what's okay to look at, and what's bad to look at, they blocked it for everybody. And the <laughs> and they came out and said, "Sorry, it was an accident. That's our fault. Like everything's all good." Yeah. But it was the only forty-five minute period where all financial markets were shut down across the globe. So is there a, so there, a conspiracy there's, for why? There's a speculation that it was... I mean, if you're a fucking engineer, right, at uh-huh. Google, and you're like, dude, we have complete control over all of this shit. Yeah. We can literally turn it off if we wanted to. And <laughs> and a couple of you guys are like, let's just, let's just try it out. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I would want to. Yeah, and if you can do it in a matter where it doesn't affect people's money, because that's when people are really gonna get fuck like get pissed off. Yeah, if you see, you know, there's a 40, 45 minute period right here where we're pretty good, we're in the clear. Like, you know, maybe Taiwan's still working, but who gives a fuck about Taiwan? Yeah, right. <clears throat> you could you could do that, and just say it was a glitch, because people, like, it's the same thing. People don't understand. People don't and aren't going to look into it to the extent where they're like, oh, the reason this happened was because Google can blacklist all these websites. And the reason I can't find these websites is because they're blacklisted, no matter what browser I'm on. Yeah. And that's how this happened. No one like most people didn't look into that. You have to use Bing if you want to find anything. No, I think Bing even uses Google's blacklists and whitelists and all those lists. No, I'm pretty sure that. Bing is like almost entirely really, yeah. Their own. Hmm. Uh, DuckDuckGo, I know. Also, no, DuckDuck um, is not. No, they use Google. Oh yeah, yeah. DuckDuckGo is like. I mean, they don't use Google. That's why it, a lot of times it seemed worse. Well, it doesn't. Because it, crawl. it doesn't use all of Google's info. Right. Because you, if you use all of Google's info, they can track you. Right. So they're like, all right, let's peel back the layers and. Until it 
it works, but they're not tracking you. Well, is, uh, is that something that either one of you think about day to day? Like what? When you're when you're browsing Google or going on Instagram or anything, are you like, I wonder if there's people tracking me? No. Not really. I mean, I, I try not to use Instagram a ton. Why not? But just because for so but personal things? Just because I will be on there for 20 minutes and set my phone down and be like, what the fuck did I see? Right. I, I don't remember anything. Like, it's just a 20-minute void in my conscious experience. It is It is a weird, like, because our brain, like, evolved to, to, we have to weed out the unnecessary memories. Yeah. So that we can continue to, like, have reaction when we need it. Yeah. So when you're like, if you, if there's nothing of substantial value, mm -hmm. like in even a day, that day just disappears. Yeah. And that happens constantly with social media. Like there's nothing, there's rarely anything of immediate and intense value to you. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that they've kind of, or interesting that they've predicated their whole business model on that exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird issue. I'm not like, it's not like I don't use my social media accounts or anything. I don't want to be that guy. Act like I don't waste hours of my life on my phone every week. But it, yeah, I don't know. It, also, it seems like, like especially TikTok, is so good at figuring out what you like that going to Instagram after TikTok, it's like, man, my feed is shit. I think Instagram thinks that I'm like a 15-year-old girl by the <laughs> shit that they show me. Like, it's unbelievable how <laughs> just like stupid all the stuff on my feed is on Instagram. I've actually gotten to the point where maybe TikTok is too good yeah. at understanding what I, because I don't use TikTok at all anymore because I didn't enjoy the experience. Oh, um, maybe it's because I actually enjoy the randomness to yeah. the feed, like because I Reels has gotten me, yeah. Instagram oh, Reels. Good. It's it's it is a good, it's the fastest growing platform Facebook has ever had. Huh reels yeah um interesting and it like i feel like it gets me but maybe it's just there's different users mm -hmm. um like tiktok is a different user base yeah. than instagram because a lot of my stuff that i end up seeing on instagram is like <laughs> this really weird like indian engineering Oh, I get those. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they're fun to watch. They're entertaining. Like, Indian videos are a different <laughs> fucking breed, man. I don't, um, you know, I, I really only have two things to base that off of that they're Indian, and, and that's the the skin tones and <laughs> and the, the text. And I can't read Indian, so I don't know that it's Indian. Yeah. But I don't know a lot about Arabic. Indian. But you can tell with the... I, that, Indians don't speak Arabic. No. Right? They've got like over a hundred languages in India. I know that. But there is like a 
well, that's impossible. Clean it up, right? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I can recognize the music usually, like the Bollywood oh, yeah. type shit. And just like their videos are fucking ridiculous. Well, first off, they're all videos where they're working with big machinery, heavy machinery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they always have flip flops on. <laughs> <laughs> Huge OSHA violations. That's how you know it's India. Yeah. For sure. You're like, oh, there's no governance over this. Like, there's no protection boards. They don't give a fuck here. They're blowing up tires with, like, oh, like the gasoline. Russian style. Yeah. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. And they just have flip flops and they're like, they're sitting all the way down on their heels. You know? Oh, yeah. Like the, the, like, the Asian squat. Yeah. The Asian squat. The yeah. Indians are really good at that, too. Yeah. And they sit all the way down. The they Indians got Indians are Asian, right? Yes, they are. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Huh? I mean, I don't know shit, dude. So, um, but Reels is like really good. Do you oh, go on Reels at all? Not really. Really? My sister sends me some, and Ryan Kramer well, sends me some, so I, I, think I see those. But the most, the most entertaining part about Reels for me is I can go through my feed that's my feed. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of curated to me mainly. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I started getting all this weird shit, which I don't like on my normal feed. But <laughs> yeah. if, if I go to like a sports center reel and I click on that, the next reels that I'm going to see are going to be sports related. Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed that mainly. And then it, like, if I see a weird engineering one, I click on that. They're mainly going to be engineering related. Yeah. Um, which I think is really cool the yeah. way that they've curated that. It's like Pinterest. Yeah. And then TikTok is just like, they, that's all you get is exactly what you want yeah. or what you're focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I, I've got like a pretty good TikTok algorithm for showing me things that I like to see. What, what is your algorithm right now consist of? Uh, I get like. Occasionally, I'll, I'll get like the mass market kind of videos where it's just like cute shit, animals and cute stuff. Cute shit. Sometimes I get dudes just like busting it down, some sick, <laughs> sick dance moves. No, but cool. actually, I get uh, I get a lot of car videos that are pretty cool. I get like not like flashy stuff, but I, I get like I get some crazy fucking builds in my TikTok feed and it'll have like a few thousand views and it's the some guy doing the craziest shit in his garage in like Kentucky and then that is sick yeah like it's it's so cool to see this like crazy niche just like MacGyver engineering <laughs> from all these people I wonder if the next um what's that what's the engineer that went that worked at Los, the Los Alamos Labs, um, that he's the one that saw the alien. Uh, he came out and said that he saw. Oh, uh, what's his name? The crazy. I forgot what his name is, but I he was doing crazy shit like in Los Alamos. Yeah, like he built. He, he turned his car into a rocket car I with think a rocket. Half of that shit is not true. Really? Yeah. Well, cause the, he, well I, he definitely was doing some crazy shit right. in Los Alamos, but I think a lot of those stories are exaggerated. and It's possible. I mean, thing. he's kind of like a folk legend, so it's cool to 
it's cool to imagine that, you know? <laughs> like yeah. a crazy rocket car man that saw well, all the aliens. And I don't know, I, I've listened to him talk and some of the shit he says sounds pretty convincing to me. I don't know. It's interesting to listen to. Well, and that is, it gets back to the essence of our conversation. Is like if anyone has, like, you can be highly intelligent mm-hmm. and really understand one way of things working, Newtonian physics. Yeah. And you can be highly intelligent and understand one way of things working, which is Einstein's theory. Yeah. And one can be wrong yeah. and one can be right. But to the extent that they're wrong and right is so small yeah. that you can, you can get away with like really in-depth understandings of things. Yeah. Well, that's the entire field of engineering. <laughs> right. Everything they teach you is not technically correct at least in undergrad the amount of shit that i learned in school and then later found out is not actually how it works it's just like a decent model it's most of the things i learned Uh, you learn like actual math and then models for everything else that's interesting yeah i like circuits they didn't tell me how electricity actually works (laughs) you know they they tell you the thing that's weird is that they don't tell you that what they're teaching you is not actually true they just present it as well like do is there a better way for them to do that like could they be like we're teaching you this it's probably not right because then yeah. you're gonna get 90 percent of the class to just fall off yeah i guess well i don't know i think they could just say like this is the best way to think about electricity flowing through a circuit you know, like if you plug something in, there's not like a stream of electrons that goes from one end of the wire to the other. But if that's the way that you think about it, it practically works. Well, then what is it? It's really complicated and confusing. Do you know it? Not well enough to explain it. Okay. There's all kinds of crazy, crazy shit going on. Like if you look at what's actually going on, but they don't teach you that because it's not really necessary to know. Like if, I, if I'm going to go design a circuit, I don't in most situations need to know how electricity actually works. Right. If you understand it to the level that you think electrons are just chilling yeah. and like going, in going a- down the lazy river through the wire. Yeah. That is good enough. Yeah. Just like, Newtonian physics, you know, there's no reason to bring relativity into where the football's going to land, you know? Right. And I guess you could, you could argue that like if Newtonian physics is either, either is easier to like, I don't know. Right. But if Mm -hmm. it is easier to calculate. Yeah, it is. Then you can use it Mm -hmm. because in 99.9% of scenarios, it's accurate. Yeah. So yeah, there's exactly. no reason to be like, oh, let's bring in relativity. Yeah. And that's the whole field of engineering. The only weird thing to me is that they don't tell you. Do you think that's like a lack of humility? Or do you think it's just easier? I think part of it is that it's easier. And I also think part of it's like the general type of person that becomes an engineer. You know, most of most engineers are technologists, you know, and that's what they're interested in is advancing technology and like it does particle physics doesn't matter that much to the practical application of technology so 
I mean, this all sounds ridiculous, but I mean, I'm enjoying the conversation. <laughs> I think it's, it's those people that go down those holes of mm -hmm. being like, well, why are they teaching it this way when it's not that? Yeah. And then going down deep enough to understand why. Yeah. I think those are the crazy people. Yeah. Well, and like philosophers. Right. You know, they're laughing at physicists for all the assumptions that they make, just like physicists are laugh laughing at engineers for thinking that Newtonian physics is how the universe works. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's uh, when you're there, it's like a, uh, um, like there's a, oh, I forgot. I can't think of the word. There, it's like you're on a pedestal, right? Yeah, like the whole shoulders of giants quote. Well, not even that, but like if you're if you're a physicist, you're like, I'm a fucking physicist. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're an engineer. Yeah. It's hilarious that you fucking think that Newtonian physics is the way to do it, right? Yeah. When in all that, like we talked about, all their applications, it's... It works. It's like psychology. You know, I can be like, that's not a hard science, haha. <laughs> but like psychology still works, <laughs> you know? Psychology. I mean, not all the time, but that shit loses me because nothing like people are so different. Yeah. And there's the whole replication crisis, which is pretty bad for all of those soft sciences. Replication crisis. What do you mean? Yeah. There's all these like studies that would come out in the eighties or whatever. And then you try and replicate them and it doesn't, you don't get the same result. Right. So you, you're building knowledge and building knowledge and then you figure out that something 10 steps back is not really true. And there's a big crisis with that in, I don't know, 2010-ish, maybe, maybe earlier. I don't know. I, I'm not in touch enough to know exactly the whole well, with, story. With psychology and that sort of stuff, like especially on the individual level, you can model things that could help people forever, mm -hmm. but it's not going to work for everybody. Yeah. Like there's just so many different scenarios that people are in mentally to where you could never, as far as I know, right? As far yeah. as we know right now, we, in 10, 15 years, it could be totally fucking different. Yeah. But as of right now, there's no way of, there's no one size fits all when it comes to psychology. That's how it all is though. That's how physics is. We don't have a unified theory of the universe. Even Einstein's relativity doesn't work all the time. Quantum physics right. doesn't align with the rest of physics and there's no link. You know, we're missing part of the story in every field of science. We don't have any of them figured out yet. Peter, where do you think we are in terms of our understanding of like try and throw it on a percentage scale right because i know you're peter's a philosopher okay so nice. <laughs> um throw it on a percentage scale from like zero to a hundred what percent of knowledge do we know about our universe and everything one percent less than one percent god damn you might be a philosopher yeah, no, I think I'm in agreement. Right. I just, I mean, how long have we really been testing science? 
to the extent that we are. On and off for a couple thousand years. First, like science <clears throat> was ancient Greece, right? And I don't think they even fit the rigorous definition of science. So, right. Effectively, we have a few hundred years of figuring shit out. Have you heard, um, I was listening to, I think he was a philosopher. Um, I forgot what his name was, but he talks about levels, um, levels of societies, I suppose. He says that we're at like a 0.7 and a level one society would be, you have complete control over your world. Right. Oh, like the energy thing. So, yeah. So it's like the amount of energy. Dyson sphere. Exactly. So, so level one, you have the energy and the capability of stopping hurricanes, of stopping all natural disasters. You can control the environment to whatever extent that you want. Yeah. And all of this is based on an energy output, like Mm -hmm. how much energy we're actually creating as a society. A level two, I think that you have, um, you like collect all the energy that's hitting the earth or something like that. Right. Something to that extent. And you can, you can manipulate something different. Like you could manipulate your galaxy or whatever. Right. Solar system. Yeah. And then level three is you can actually control black holes. Oh yeah. So level three is you can control black holes and you can use them to transfer from one, um, universe to another. Yeah. Right. Um, and his, they they say that we're at like a 0.7 or something mm. like that. Uh, and then by the end of the century, we should be at a one. The end of the century? Yeah, by 2100. Yeah. Which would mean that- We'll see. We should see, I think. Hopefully. I think it would be incredible to start seeing actual implementation of you know being able to control hurricanes yeah right like if we could stop a hurricane the amount of good that you do for those people whether it's good for the planet or not yeah. is another question but if you it have, always seems like we're getting close and then we find out that we're really far though every time you know getting close in terms of what understanding how basic shit works well it's i think that that's just the constant process right like that's always going to be what the process is yeah i just mean like maybe we feel like we're 80 years away ish from controlling the whole climate but say we get a little bit closer and we're like oh this is a lot deeper than we thought right which is so I don't know how much you've been paying attention. This is a big engineering problem that they're working on currently, but self-driving cars. Yeah. Right. They had an idea and, you know, 2016, Elon was saying we're a year away from self-driving cars. And that couldn't be further from the truth. We're always a year away. It's 2022. Yeah. Um, But to the extent to like what they understood, Mm-hmm. about how well you have to drive the car and what you have to understand and um, process in terms of information yeah, was just so far, so little understood. Yeah. And now they're, they're building the whole model off of 
the only thing that has been able to drive cars, which is our humans. Yeah. Right. They're building it off of vision because yeah. that seems to be the only thing that works. Yeah. I know other sensors work. They're just expensive. And like, there's a lot of problems with self-driving cars that you could solve with $150,000 worth of sensors, but that's not really practical to put on a normal it, person's car. Right. But it also doesn't really make the car. It's not understanding the situations that it's in, right? Like yeah. one of the biggest problems is object permanence. Mm-hmm. So like if, if you see a, a family walking behind a car and you're driving at the same time and they disappear behind the car, you have to understand that those people are going to be there yeah. on the other side of the car. Yeah. And if you have a bunch of sensors, you might have a sensor that could understand that, right? And it has yeah. to be affordable, but it's not, it's not remembering, it's seeing it. Yeah. Right. So they're trying to build a model that actually sees these things, keeps it. I mean, they're building a brain essentially for yeah. driving. Um, with their freaking, I forgot what they call it, but they're building the largest computer in the world to process all this information Yeah, that is getting sent to them from all their cars, which I think is like, if I was deep into engineering, that seems like it would be so interesting Yeah, to really dive into. Yeah. It's definitely pretty cool. I think, uh, cars in general are, not the best solution to transportation. So we're a lot of steps into putting band-aids on problems instead of fixing the the fundamental problem. What is the fundamental problem? Transportation in this case. How how else would you see it fit? Like public transportation and and, uh, like you can fix a lot of these issues with urban planning. You know, like bad urban planning has to be fixed by better transportation. Right. And so, and then cars are not like the most optimal form of transportation. And so then you take a car and try and make it self-driving to help fix the problem, but then you still have that fundamental problem that your cities aren't very well designed. Right. It's just a band-aid on the... you know, then your local city can't afford to keep the roads paved properly in the suburbs in 50 years. And it's like, yeah, now my car can drive itself, but there's no roads to drive it on. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in how that's going to get fixed. Yeah, it's a like, big problem. Because, I mean, most, like, most of the time when we come up to a problem, mm-hmm. right, the only way that we can actually make it out is engineering. Yeah. Right? You have to engineer a solution to the problem. I'm in the camp that like nearly every problem can be, there's a solution yeah. through engineering. Um, because of how little we actually know, I think that there's so much more that can actually be created. Um, but it just, it's so intensive. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a, I guess... I would say it's like a difficult choice of what problems to solve when because we aren't rational about which ones we choose to solve. Like the people say with the whole climate crisis that 
you know, things aren't that bad yet, so we can fix it later. You know, we should continue burning fossil fuels until we can't do it anymore. We run out or whatever, and then we'll figure out something else. It's like, yeah, we probably won't go extinct doing that, right. but that's going to cause a whole lot of problems. Right. And that. So we're walking into a problem and trying to fix it when you could avoid it. Well, that's just like how it's a balance Yeah, that you have to strike on like how, how much you have to, you know, be careful and, and plan what to do. And also like with the pandemic that caused so many social things to break down and change in a way that we wouldn't have said was possible otherwise, you know, like the pollution in major cities in Asia being solved overnight for a day or so or whatever. That's not something that we would consider possible if we're sitting here right now, you know? Like there, there's a lot of issues that, I guess that was not a great example, but there's a lot of issues that if we try to tackle them with the importance, like if we weigh all of our problems with the amount of importance that we really should, then what we're doing would be different. But the way that we see problems and fix them is completely misaligned with that. Right. And I think like this is one of the fundamental like tenets of socialism and communism is like if we can get rid of the wants of the individual for the wants of the majority, you can solve a lot of the problems, right? Because a lot of that comes down to like, we we think it's impossible to solve those problems because you're not going to get everyone to go out of their way to stop driving their cars Because they can, you know, get the dolphins to come back. Yeah. Because people have to work. People have to put food on the plate, right, for their family. Also, like, rezoning. Like, Minneapolis, I think it is, has, like, changed some things about zoning and fixed their city up a good amount and their rent hasn't gone up while everyone else's has gone fucking wild. And, like, that kind of thing is not going to happen in random cities because there's wealthy people that own a bunch of property and they have a lot of pull on like the, you know, back to this, there's people having money being able to, and it's the same with the boomers, you know, like boomers are going to vote in their own self-interest and there's so many of them that they have more power, you know? So like boomers vote for laws that are good for young people when they're young and good for old people when they're old. Well, like, what do you expect? You know, like they're not going to vote against their own, self-interest right so these like people who own massive amounts of property like if you make housing more affordable in san francisco then these companies that own all this property there are going to lose money so they're not going to let that happen right so it's kind of i mean it just it gets to the point of like what problems can you even solve yeah if you don't solve it with something 
Like the only way that you can solve problems like that is if you make everyone's lives easier with it, with the solution. Yeah. Right. Like if you, if you're talking about rezoning, you have to overwhelmingly make the lives of those people that don't want that to happen better yeah. with the rezoning, or you have to just not care about them. Yeah. And that's like, both of those are extremely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have so much political power because money is such an influence in our system. Speaking of money and influence in the system, Warren Buffett, mm-hmm. um, they're doing his estate planning for when he passes yeah. and he's set to give away 99% of all of his wealth. Yeah. Isn't there a group that's doing that? Yeah. So he, <clears throat> he was set to give away a, a, a huge amount of it to the, uh, Gates foundation. Mm. I still think he is. And he gives donations regularly. However, he, just recently set up a group that is going to do it, do a lot of it through themselves. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's like, this is where, when we talk about billionaires, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone hates a billionaire because they have all of this money that they can't use. Like for Warren Buffett doesn't use his billions. He lives in the same house that he had in 1985. Yeah. He goes to McDonald's every day to get food. He is not spending money like a billionaire. Yeah. Right? He's sitting on the money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if, say, 40% of it is to go to the Bill Gates Foundation, whether you believe the Bill Gates Foundation is helping people or not, <clears throat> you know, is a different question. But... All of that is going to a charity. Um, there's another 20% that's going to a different charity. And then the rest, you know, the other whatever percent yeah. um, is going to another charity. And then he's keeping literally 1% of it for his family. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to, to understand how many people mm-hmm. that would help, right? Because a lot of the times, it's, <clears throat> and this is something that Elon um, pointed to a while ago, was that throwing money at the situation doesn't always solve the problem. Because there's so much infrastructure, back end, and all of this stuff. Like He said, if someone can give me a logical plan to solve world hunger, I will give them $5 billion. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I don't know if that ever actually happened. There's speculation because he did give a donation of $5 billion to someone under the table. He didn't make it public. Huh. Um, not under the table, but he had to file for it because it was mostly Tesla uh, shares. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but when you, when you get to those like grandstanding ideas of being able to help everybody mm-hmm. with all of this money, I'm interested in what people actually think can be done with that money. Yeah. I mean, it is all hopelessly complicated, right? Right. Because a lot of it, like a redistribution of wealth. Mm-hmm. 
sure that'll help a few people for a little while. More than a few people. Right. I mean, a lot of people, but it won't change. It won't, for most people, it won't change what their abilities are. What do you mean by abilities? Like there, there are people that are fantastic builders, right? And can create these things that impact millions, if not billions of people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they're rewarded as such in our current system. Um, but if you distribute that wealth to a bunch of people, you know, they're going to use it in the ways that they use their money currently. I don't follow that assumption. People spend money differently the more money they get. Right. But I mean, when we're talking about like, say you're, you're going to take Elon's 200 billion mm -hmm. and I, I don't know how much you're going to leave them with, right. When it comes to redistribution, but say we take, you are leaving him with five. So you take 95 billion and you redistribute over 300, 350 million people. Mm -hmm. um, like how much are we actually giving to each person individually? Yeah. I don't think the solution is to take all the cash and give it to people individually. Right. That's I what I that, was saying. That helps to some extent giving people money, especially people on the lower end of yeah. the income spectrum. You know, like if someone... Like there's a lot of poor people in most U.S. cities. I was recently hearing about Phoenix that there's like a good area. If you know, kind of south between like, it's like next to the airport. Yeah. That there's like a really big poor area and the average family income there's like eighteen, nineteen thousand $19,000 for a family of four. If you give those people 10000 extra dollars a year, they're going to spend that on food and things like that. You know, none of those people own a home. Right. And $10,000 is not going to make them upper middle class. But $10,000 a year for them is going to help them feed their children, educate their children, yeah. all of those kinds of things. No, I totally agree with that. And I think that there should be a way to do that for those sorts of people. Mm -hmm. um, however, then you come to the question, how? Right. Because when you talk of redistribution, like if you're going to do it, there has to be a middleman unless, you know, Elon's going individually to those people and yeah. giving them $10,000. So people ask the government. Yeah, that's how. To be the middleman. Yeah. And it's, you know. The government's so big that it's not efficient at all. It's not efficient and it's hopelessly corrupt. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you get an influx of $195 billion, you can almost guarantee that probably 50% of that is going to people that don't need it. Yeah. Defense contractors. and Right. Yeah. Like that's where all of this becomes, who is the best capital allocator? Is it the government or is it an individual like Elon, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates? Who's making the biggest outsized impact on people? Right. Yeah. So if you're creating something that allows people to get packages in a day or order whatever they want off of the internet, yeah, make it easier to get goods. 
Like, is that making a b- bigger impact than what the government is doing? Like yeah, that? but is it necessary for Jeff Bezos to have that much money to in order to get people next day delivery on Amazon? I don't think it's necessary. But I think that there has to be... And maybe we have our incentives mixed up, right? Yeah. Um, but you have to have an incentive to create something of value. Yeah. Um, but, and, and it does like, I'm like, I, I agree. Maybe it's an outsized, you know, that's so much. Yeah. <laughs> but that's when you look at the rest of the world, what makes me think it's ridiculous. You know, like Spotify is a massive <clears throat> corporation, their own problems and everything, but they're what Swedish. Yeah. Swedish people have way more support from their government and believe in their government to spend money responsibly, like orders of magnitude more than Americans do. It's not ridiculous to me to think that Amazon could exist with Jeff Bezos not being worth so much money because like Spotify is a massive business. You look at all these other European businesses. I mean, you know, like America is not the only place with big and influential businesses. And also, even if you look at America in the past, like the amount of money that CEOs, compensation that CEOs get compared to the average worker in their company is skyrocketed in, you know, recent decades. Oh yeah. And that's like a pretty uniquely American problem. I know that's, it's, it's happened some other places like the UK I saw as well has a bit of that problem, but it's still like a 10 X difference between here and there. Well, I think it's, it comes down to like the belief that we have in an individual to create change. Yeah. Right. Like when you get to that point, you have to ask yourself <clears throat> who else could have done it. Yeah. Right. Like puts, put, put, <clears throat> a hundred thousand people in the position of Elon mm-hmm. when he's investing or starting, you know, PayPal or whatever, running PayPal. And then he gets all of that money and he decides he's going to put all of it and literally have not enough money to live off of into two companies that have less than 10% chance of being successful. Mm-hmm. Who else is fucking doing? That? And then you have to weigh the impact mm-hmm. of those businesses on the greater good yeah. Of humanity. Like we don't, I don't think we understand the extent to which space travel is going to impact humanity. Um, because it's like, we're, we're at the very beginning stages of it, mm-hmm. but like Elon has con- like constantly said that his wealth that he's building with Tesla is for getting us to Mars yeah, and making us multi-planetary. The extent to which that changes humanity mm-hmm. is not understood. Yeah. And there's not a dollar value that you could put to that. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. And you can't say whether it'll be successful. You can't say when it'll happen. You can't, there's an infinite amount of right. variables that, you know, one could be better than the other. That's, that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons I don't enjoy, like, I don't really 
like the idea of people being like there should be no billionaires. Like I I, I get that that they have more money than they could ever deal with mm-hmm. for most of them. Like if if you're trying to get to Mars, you might need two hundred billion. Yeah. Right. Probably more than that. Right. Um. But. I I just don't think those people really assess the impact of which those people have yeah. made. On yeah, I I think. Uh, oh my gosh, lucky! Oh, she's gonna mess everything up. All right, lucky. <laughs> the dogs have entered the set. That's okay. Lucky, out. Get out. Uh, do not pull out this cord. Nope. God, son of a trinket. <laughs> okay. Lucky. Oh. All right. Well, <laughs> now it's just on Austin. It's going to Lucky. interfere with my audio. Out. Get out. What kind of dog is she? She is a, a Great Dane one. Mastiff. Guys, don't there you go. <laughs> Bring in the cheese. <laughs> Peter, what are your thoughts on... We've talked about it a little bit. What are your thoughts on billionaires? Yeah, if they've earned it, it's theirs. Don't really don't really care what they do with it, honestly. It's kind of a... I mean, I'll never be a billionaire, so I, it's kind of a next... Something that you can't even think about. Like, Yeah, it's kind of like context. a... Like it's a, f- a different level of living. It's like, like a fool's errand to like focus on it. Yeah, I wouldn't even know what because of everything that we've talked about. You can't understand the extent to which it would impact different things. Yeah, and the idea that it's actually going to change is just going to like if you're if you're focusing on that, then you're not focusing on things that can directly impact your life day to day. Yeah, but there are a lot of governmental reforms that affect people's lives, day-to-day lives all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't, America's definitely not like a... America's not great at it. Not a good example of speed or efficiency on that <laughs> front, but... But, like, healthcare, for example, I think most people agree that it's a good idea to cut the middleman out of healthcare. You know? Like, insurance companies are not doing anyone any good. No. Well, they're to the extent that they're they're qualifying risk. Okay, insur I mean health insurance specifically. Right. And you would understand this a lot better than me most likely, but um you know, there's there's much more efficient ways of doing actual insurance. Mm-hmm. Um but those are like I know that like uh, England has free healthcare, right? Yeah, the NHS or whatever. From what I've seen recently, it's a disaster. Really? Yeah. In what way? Um, I think you know efficiency is a problem. There's there, there's no way of qualifying. Like, you know, I'm speaking completely out of my ass right now, but <laughs> um, the necessities of each individual, it, yeah. it's too great um and then the 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 level of care is lacking 
we have that problem too though. Oh, for sure. Um, but I, I was listening to some people talking about this and they were like, well, I haven't really seen cause, um, Canada has that as well. Mm-hmm. Everyone has it. Right. Except but, for us in third world countries. And it seems as though it's not much better than the U S I mean, when people have serious problems, they come to the U S yeah, but there's private healthcare in a lot of other countries as well. I think, uh, it also helps that the U S has a ridiculous amount of money and it's easier to make money in the U S. So like if, if you're a doctor from India, your life's going to be a lot better if you move to the U S. So like, and then we can choose the best ones because they all want to move here. Right. You know, um, but I think the, just the whole idea of having the insurance, making money off of healthcare is inefficient. Oh, I agree with that. No, I agree with that. I think, and also I think that having your insurance tied to employment is a horrible idea because it doesn't, it doesn't create an incentive to do jobs that aren't super high paying. Right. You know, like the people building your house are going to have shit healthcare. Yep. And if they have the opportunity to get better healthcare with a better job, they will take that. I mean, restaurants are a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Most restaurants, like the vast majority of restaurants do not have health insurance. Yeah. Because it is simply like not possible. Yeah. To uh, like, you have to really understand what you're doing on the business side. You have to have other ways of making money to be able to afford insurance for um, your employees. Yeah. Because it's crazy. If, if that burden is spread out, it's the same idea as insurance. You know, government healthcare is effectively insurance because like the whole idea of insurance is say like, there's all these, you know, statisticians working at insurance companies saying, how likely is it that this happens to me or that that happens to me? And everyone pays money into the pool so that like, say there's something that happens to one in 100,000 people and it costs $100,000 and we all give $1 to it. So whoever it happens to has that covered. Right. And it works the same way if we're all paying into the government fund. I just think if, if we can take the insurance companies, which I've dealt with in health insurance companies, a ridiculous amount. And so maybe I right. have more animosity towards them than the average person. But if we can take them out of the, out of the equation and everyone with any job has sufficient health care, then that's like a massive increase in the quality of life of our society. You know, like I, I think that we should incentivize people to do careers that they are good at and enjoy doing instead of chasing having, you know, good health insurance. And like me personally, I could never take a bad job with bad health insurance. Right. You know, because I, I need good health insurance. Yeah. Literally. So like it's just all of that is off the table for me. Yeah. So like if I was really good at something that didn't pay well, tough luck. I got to move to another country or just not do it. Right. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that that, I mean, we're, we've been on for two hours now. So um, we're going to wrap it there. Thank you, Austin, for coming yeah. on. It was a lot of fun. Maybe we'll have, have you on again. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. I'm and gonna... Peter, I know, really enjoyed his time speaking today. <laughs> I was a big speaker. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting having two people in one place and then one person online. It happened last time with Dylan, too. Yeah. I think yeah. It, it's hard to you guys just yeah incorporate yeah it's you know it's something that will grow on um and i think Pete, is. peter needs to start bringing on some guests too so yeah that, i'll put them on my bed in my room no no no. but we desk. can no when you bring on a guest we can just have them join the zoom oh zoom in okay yeah so you, you like give us some guests to bring on my bed's pretty comfy it might work <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's creepy all right um okay. thank you uh, if you were still listening, that was episode 20. Like, share, subscribe. And uh, go go follow Austin Dennis on Instagram that he uses all the time. Yeah. All right. Expect a lot of content from me. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Goodbye.